Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Thanks for listening. All right, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's how we start her off. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess welcome back. Uh, I'm here this time with Joe, Matt and Joe. No guests today. Uh, we were actually supposed to be doing something else right now, but uh, those plans went a little off the rails pretty quick this morning. Well, Mother Nature kicked us right in the hind corners, man. Just windy and cold mm. yeah it was brutal so we're supposed to be doing this small game tournament so uh a couple of buddies of ours kyle o'connor who we had on before um him and a couple guys put together a small game tournament every year and <clears throat> we entered into it and um we went out this morning with my dog joe and then joe's nephew and uh i think it's like 20 mile an hour winds 12 degrees uh not ideal rabbit conditions um like 30 minutes in <laughs> joe's nephew got froze out he uh he couldn't feel his hands anymore and that was with the gloves on and then as we were taking him back to the truck joe ended up <laughs> hurting his back so we ended up just uh we called it a day after that pretty quick right yeah i just didn't see like it being that windy i mean i knew it was going to be windy but i didn't i guess i didn't expect it was like it, my face just walking across the field to get to where we were going to hunt the only one that was really fully engaged in hunting was the dog right <laughs> the dog didn't really seem to care too much that it was cold out we had face shields and yeah we, we had were, everything on like warm gear i had all my heavy layers on all my mineral wall it just it just cut right through yeah yeah i'm not as big of a diehard rabbit hunter um as i am deer hunters so i wasn't really in the mood to fight through all that, all that. it probably would have been better if we were like if it was like kicking them up and all that and there was action going on but like well we kicked one up well the dog kicked one up but he was there's so many there was a ton of rabbit tracks i would say on a good day like if there wasn't wind today i feel like we would have had a lot of luck but <clears throat> with the dog was obviously he's still young so he was kind of all over the place uh running rabbits but we kicked one up and then yeah everything else kind of just went I mean, from there. The, the spot we were at my brother and nephew they limit out on on rabbits in that first you know that little section like probably like a 30 by 100 yards they limit out before they went through almost all the way through that yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah so i mean it's a great area but it's just this weather just uh and then squirrels were just like kind of non-existent so we didn't yeah it'll be interesting because we're gonna go to the weigh-in still and uh see how everyone did i'll be i'll be honest i'll be shocked if anyone limited out on both on both yeah i'll be really they must have been it's been a it'll be a rough day of hunting uh i don't know i don't know if the weather could have been any worse yeah the sun was nice if it, there was no sun to, or if there was no wind today it would have been a great day yeah I think tomorrow's would be a really nice day. It's going to be windy again. Uh, oh. But the weather's supposed to warm up, but I guess that usually brings it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. 
probably I'm lounging not. around. So. Yeah, I'm not going out there. We don't have much of a topic. Mm-hmm. I know Joe and I discussed this beforehand. So Mike brought up about talking about shed hunting. Um, Joe and I are not what I would consider expert shed hunters by any stretch of the imagination. But um, I figure we could talk a little bit, I guess. I don't know if you've ever had any success shed hunting. Um, I've had a little bit, but from what I do know, I guess I could probably speak on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I can probably count on my one hand how many sheds I've caught. I mean, caught catch, um, that, uh, I found, but I think it was mostly all just, like I said, like field edges where it must've, or, uh, when the farmer must till them up or something and like, mm-hmm. but most of the time, the, like the two I found the squirrels chewed the hell out of the tips and all that yeah i would say so there's not in my opinion there's not an exact science to say like you're going to go to this area it's and you're going to find sheds because there are deer kind of everywhere and sheds fall off randomly like whenever they're just ready but in my experience the best day of shed hunting i had was around a food source that was close to a bedding area. So what the food source was was a standing cornfield. So like late season food sources such as like um, winter wheat that's that was planted, that's green, standing corn, standing beans, um, anything like that that is still up and you have a bedding uh, area, I would say within 200, 300 yards of it, I would be shocked if you didn't, if you didn't really come, comb the area if you didn't find a shed in there i think that day me and my buddy found like nine or ten yeah um and then a lot of other people i've seen again another time i went out we went to hit a winter wheat field and we found like five or six because if you're driving around this time of year you see a lot of deer yarded up together and they're almost primarily in those fields that have something green planted in them, such as winter wheat or a cover crop of some sort. Um, standing corn is rare to, I guess, be up. I mean, most farmers aren't just leaving 100 acres of corn up, but um, if if there's standing corn, I would I would be searching in that area because that's where we found all of our. And they were, we found a set sitting in a bed. We found them kind of all over the place. But they were all within a hundred yards of that standing corn. Um, yeah, have you ever seen them? Uh, the I know feeders are not legal in Michigan, but you ever see like the feeders that had the cage on them and stuff? Mm-hmm. I heard them were like really bad because of like they would get hung up and they're not ready to shed. <laughs> yeah, so it's a good idea in theory, but if you because like people will put like two fence posts in the ground and then they'll like take and put like rope or something alongside so when the deer come up to feed on the corn that's underneath of it they'll get their antlers stuck in it but yeah if those antlers aren't ready to fall off it's it's not a good idea yeah yeah i mean i i don't go too hard usually are you going like this time or are you gonna wait usually like i'm like mushroom hunting and doing that so it's probably like mid-march when i'm really thinking about sheds or you know i mean when i'm so like when the snow first starts to come off so like end of february beginning of march i'll go out and 
I'll stomp around and I mean I put quite a few miles in and I wouldn't say I'm overly successful I know some people are more but like I'll hit up some public land and stuff like that um I've never actually found a shed on public land everything I've ever found has been on private but um yeah I'll just walk the biggest thing I would say is to bedding areas transitioning into food areas um are going to be your best bet and then just walking you know if if at the end of the day that's that's the best advice i can get and if you can get some buddies to go with you it's it's a lot more enjoyable um and then uh i don't know some people prefer sunny days some people prefer cloudy days i don't know that i would say there's a difference for me just because i'm not that experienced in it as far as easier to see antlers like they're they're hard to see like (laughs) it's not i mean you think just an antler just sitting on top of the ground would be easy to see but sometimes they're in some crazy spots yeah i heard like really good tips are like you walk with the sun to your back right i think that is so they cast a shadow and then you have to like walk like every so often you just go down to your basic crouch or whatever and scan it but i mean like i said i'm not that that good at it or you know try that hard for it but i don't know that there's a skill to it i mean it depends on i guess kind of in my mind it's just like hunting right so it's locating deer but this time of year you could have your property that you've seen deer every time you went hunting on could have no deer on it at all just because they're yarded up 200 yards away and they're not venturing through that much so that makes it a little bit more difficult um but i know some people i mean they put tons of miles in and they find lots of sheds mm. i just don't know like like i, I think we talked about it on another one like people are trying to like find that i i understand if like if it's a buck that you're uh looking for and all that and then you like get the confirmation like he maybe made it but or he at least you know he's not dead and then yeah his antlers but i mean some people are just doing it to like to figure out where they their winter range is and all that because like some people like lose sight of them and if they're finding their antlers over here and the winter then they know there's a transition from the one property where they know from summer to there but yeah but here in michigan i think the problem you have with that is their winter range can vary year to year depending on food sources so i mean the crops are constantly rotating so i I mean in my experience i've noticed if there's a winter wheat field there's going to be deer there because it's easy it's green it's you know accessible deer are going to be there um for example that place i found those nine sheds or ten sheds that one day with my buddy we had shed hunted that a couple years and we'd never we'd found maybe one or two and then that guy that farmer left the corn up that year and next thing you know they were all all those deer were in there um if i were to go back there again now i bet i probably wouldn't find nearly as many I mean, you see TV hunters like, yeah, I got sheds from this buck for three, four years. I, I mean, I'm sure there's people in Michigan that have that. I just don't know that I don't personally have access to that kind of acreage to 
there's too many broken up parcels. There's always like 80, you know, yeah. 60 acre parcels or, or less. I mean, the chances of one deer just living on 80 to even a hundred, you know, 180, 200 acres, the chances of that one buck staying there is slim to none, mm-hmm. I think. In the, my eyes, there is uh, there is a huge benefit to shed hunting too, especially with snow on the ground or in the springtime where everything's nice and muddy, because it does allow you to see how these deer are traveling. Whereas, like you can, I guess in some places you can see it, but when you can see a nice like heavy trail, you get a better idea of like what the deer are doing, and it, it can help you to narrow in on how to attack different things like if you know like you didn't i guess if you're coming into a new new piece this is how i got the place i leased so we went in there and you look at it and it doesn't look like it's anything we walked in and quickly realized like there was just deer sign everywhere and then we walked it a little bit more with the snow on the ground and we were able to see where these deer were transitioning from going to bed down and then where they were coming out to eat Um, we didn't find any sheds but there was enough deer i mean most of those trails are beat down by does i mean you're not generally going to see bucks i guess running on them trails during the winter like that but you're going to have a good idea of how to locate deer i guess right and it gives me a really nice i mean i try not to do too much intrusion but that's like the one these are like the one time maybe when we small game like today we were like small game i was looking at the north end i was just like well this is you could see where they're coming and i was like the least intrusion the best and then if i'm like small game or shed hunting or mushroom hunting that's the one i do my primary you know scout it's really easy to do like because if you start doing your your scout in the summer you can only see with the foliage only a couple you know yardage you know what 50 to 100 yards well when it's this bare you can see you know the whole parcel springtime i think is my favorite time so just like your your mushroom hunting even during spring turkey when before everything really gets grown up is nice because your deer are starting to separate a little bit because does are getting ready to drop fawns so you're not getting like that huge congregation of deer that might not always be there. And then the ground is so soft that they generally are leaving a pretty good trail of for you to identify how they're coming and how they're going. Um, so that, for me, when I'm out mushroom hunting, which I'm also not very good at, uh, I spend a bunch of time looking for those things. And then I do the same thing during turkey season. Like I'm half turkey hunting and half scouting for deer at the same time right yeah i mean i i just don't see how it's i don't know it's just a weird i don't know about the i don't know where i'm going (laughs) okay uh so i mean i don't know it's it's just another thing to get me outside as far as like shed hunting and stuff like that but there's definitely some things you can learn. Um, public land is a great place. If you're looking for new pieces of public, I would say get out in that springtime and, and shed hunt it. And I'll guarantee you you'll find some spots that you've either 
overlooked or other people maybe have overlooked and uh come the fall you know you go in there and, and give it a try and hope that it's not ransacked by hunters the nice thing is about michigan public land hunters is they generally just leave their stands up all year long so it's pretty easy to know there's a bunch of pressure in there just mark them and you know they're going to be there the next year (laughs) and you know they're not moving them so yeah if you (laughs) i know you're supposed to have stands off of public land something like the first week of january or something like that sometime in there yeah i thought it was after the first i thought it was was it thirty days after the season? They give you definitely a leeway to go get your stuff, but you, I, I know D and R they're like I ain't going. They're not gonna mess with that, no, mm-hmm. but I can tell you right now, if you walk I mean, Rose Lake out in uh Langsburg, for example, just walk out there and you'll find tree stands left and right. Yeah, what's a you know, I wanna but what's because I've heard of this, because basically after the deadline they're basically they want them out of there and they said that basically you can go in there i don't know this this is what i've heard from other people they said they go in there and they take them down and keep them for themselves because they basically left them i wouldn't do that just because if it were me um but i wouldn't i wouldn't take someone's stand like that but i know the dnr will come in i've been these are rumors obviously i guess i can't claim that this happens but DNR sometimes will come in and take their stance down and then, like, raffle them off. But you're supposed to put your name and everything on them so that way they can be identified. But I would I would be blown away because generally I would assume if they took them down, they would just call you and be like, hey, what, what are you doing? Get this out of here. But Yeah, they'd probably call you first and go, hey, you got your stand. Come get it. If yeah. not, it's not gone here in five days or whatever. They're going to come back and take it. But. but you'd be amazed. I mean, you just – I mean, just 100 yards off the road on public land, especially out there, there's stands everywhere. But I got to, I mean, there was a decent spot. I took Remy out, wrap on, that I wouldn't mind trying to shed hunt. They had standing Milo, which I was pretty shocked on. So I, I, that would probably be a decent spot to shed hunt. But I don't know. I There's, there's a couple places out there that I wouldn't be opposed to. I mean, I talked about I wanted to hunt public land more this year, but I just didn't. I mean, at least not in Michigan. I did it one time, and it was kind of a train wreck. Yeah. I was talking to Spencer about this, and uh, that I think my problem was, I, and you know what they always say, like, don't leave deer for for deer. You know what I yeah. mean? I think that was my problem. I, I didn't want to leave deer for deer when I should have just, because I was, just wasn't happy with what I was seeing. Like, like I had better goals goals at that one location if i would have moved probably somewhere else like on public or something i would have probably achieve a different goal you know what i mean and that's what i yeah i mean it's hard when you're hunting private and you you see good deer yeah you know i mean when you're seeing good bucks even if they're out of range it's hard to leave there but there's always the advantage on public if you're seeing them one place you can just move in on them where you didn't have that on your on your private parcel but i think it's probably easier on public land to leave deer to go find deer than it is on your private parcel Mm -hmm. i agree because i mean i have a couple places i can hunt that are private and it's i guess it's different for me i can know 
I have a better idea of, okay, I'm going to hunt this this day. But there have been times where I've, I'm not seeing deer on that property. I'm not going to run out there, I guess you could say. I'll go somewhere else or I'll just, I'll just take the day off. But, I mean, two years ago, I was seeing a ton of deer at the property in Corona. And I just didn't leave it much. I hunted a bunch there. And it ended up working out. But, you know... For example, this year, I mean, if I was in Michigan during the rut, I, it would have been different because property in Ovid, they shot two real nice bucks. Would I have hunted there more than I would have in Corona? I'm not sure. You know, it would have been hard to say. I know this year I hunted more in Ovid than I did in Corona because I was seeing a lot more deer in Ovid than I was in Corona. And I had some absolute slammers on trail camera that i was trying to chase after that just didn't work out so i don't know yeah this next year they'd be i don't know it just all depends on some if other things work out you know if we draw kansas that's gonna be a determining factor because then i won't i probably won't have that much time home I mean, we'll have time here to hunt, but, like... Well, I think our Kansas trip is, like, third week of October, like, that middle, like, the around the 20th of October, sometime in there. So, if we get drawn, we'd be back here for the rut, um, which would be interesting. I don't know that I've hunted... I don't know if I've hunted the rut here. Oh, two years ago I hunted the rut here in Michigan. It sucked. It was like 80 degrees. Yeah, that was the 80 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, so I hope that if if that's the case, it's probably, it's a little easier to leave. But this year the rut was quite a bit better. And I think opening day of gun was a rain. Remember it was like. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd, I'd go back to work. I'd taken the last like 17 days off yeah. of work to bow hunt. It was really rainy. It was like, like a, oh, man, it was so bad. So I know an idea we've talked about, and I didn't talk to you about this previous, but we have to get some feedback about doing our, like, big buck type showcase, like talking about different bucks that have been killed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that one, I think that one's got to be the video. I think there's got to be a video because, like, we're going to be like, oh, this one's great, and then people are going to be like, don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, we'll just have to kind of figure out how we want to do it. Like, do we want to go off of, like, legendary big bucks, you know, like the Hanson buck, the Rompola buck, and all those? I think or, everybody knows some bucks. I mean. Or do we want to find some locals in the area that have shot some, some nice bucks? Kind of like with Anthony, you know, we kind of did with his buck. Um, but, you know, kind of do something similar to that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we can do something like I'm that. I'm just kind of spitballing ideas. We'll have to get some feedback from people, so and see what see what they have to say as far as we got a gear gear episode coming up here. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a little. I'm gonna say I would say a little hypocritical of us from the beginning because, <laughs> yeah, but we're just gonna talk about kind of the gear we have and why we have it. Um, but that'll be that'll be a decent episode. I but think. I think we, you know, we stride from the beginning saying that you don't have to spend a million dollars to try it but when you get to a certain point where you know we're going to be invested in it for the long haul you buy you buy nice once if you buy yeah. crap you're buying it like you know like i don't want to say okay i got this camo that was you know a, a lot of very popular athletic brand i 
pretty sure everybody knows what you know what I mean uh and I got their camo and it was all right but like three years later after washes and everything else it was kind of falling apart I was kind of bummed and I spent like let's say a jacket was probably like a 120 and then uh <laughs> bless you um and then like the pants were like probably like 150 or something and I'm having a rough one over yeah here. you're good but yeah and no, I think when it comes to gear uh I don't know I don't want to get too much into it I guess when when I started off I had a bunch of really cheap stuff that habitat and like it worked um as I got older and my financial situation changed I was able to splurge a little bit and I got nicer stuff and I mean I like it but ultimately you can get away with with just about any yeah. anything. Well, I, mean, I this is what I tell everybody all the time too: is go on archery talk or just go on some kind of I don't know, dude. I find Sitka. I like don't I like Sitka, and it is a little bit more expensive, but I find it after season right now. You can find like backpacks for like half off because there's people that just want the newest stuff every year and they're gonna sell all their stuff i don't care i have no shame i'll wear used shit all day if i get it half off I'm, i don't care and you know what i mean if i don't like it i can probably sell for you more if i'm patient enough but that's what i do like half my uh, no besides my arrows i think i never bought used arrows because i've always cut them to mine half my bow all uh, everything stabilizers to uh, and besides strings, I've been I bought off like a form just used because I guess what you can go out to buy Matthew's bows last year's bows that were thirteen hundred dollars you can go around them and I can you can sometimes wheel and deal them for seventeen or seven hundred bucks right now seven hundred loaded not fully loaded not fully just loaded. just bare bow but you pay, they paid thirteen hundred bucks last season yeah that's almost half off right I, I mean dude it, you can go out you can get deals. It just won't be this year's model, and I don't have a problem with that. I will say another thing is this time of year is the time of year to go and buy hunting stuff, especially if you're gonna hunt if you're gonna go to like the Dunham's, Walmart, Meyer stuff like that, because they're trying to get rid of everything. So you can get tree stands that were originally two two hundred fifty bucks for hundred bucks, fifty bucks, yeah. you know, something like. I mean, I'm seeing double ladder stands. For eighty bucks at like Walmart and Dunham's right yeah, now Wal- because they just want to get rid of what they have, for so that way they have room for next year. Yeah, and they're uh, they were at Walmart. I went to Walmart. I don't buy scents or whatever, but all their scents were like three quarters of the price off. I mean, if you you want to use that stuff and that's your stuff, I mean that stuff is gonna stay decently good. Well, for that's just a- like um, Lindsay's talking about maybe hunting a little bit more next year, so she's talking to her dad about getting. So we can go out there without him. And I said, well, if you get permission for us to go out there without him, like, I'll go, I'll buy this double tree. The double tree stand's like a hundred bucks. And mm-hmm. it's originally, that's a $200 tree stand that I could go get, you know, right now from Walmart for 200 bucks. That's going to work perfect for her. Yeah. You know, trail cameras right now. Yeah. I seen like, the spy point. What's it's not the micro. That's the other one. It's dark. I think. That was half off at Walmart, too. Yeah. Yeah, because they're just getting rid of everything. I mean, they're just trying to make shelves for sleeping bags or whatever, the next seasonal thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it, yeah, it is a big, you know, a lot of people probably spend a lot of money, and then no one wants to 
But if you think about it, you're trying to plan it out. I think this is a good time to go invest in clothes. Stuff. They have clothes. There's a surplus of clothes at Walmart and Dunham's right now that are all on sale. Yeah, you get that warrant or that like, and you know it's not the most expensive merino wool and all that, but it's merino wool. Yeah, I mean you get that for I think under I seen uh the not the underarm what's a base layers just like that for like eight dollars for a yeah. pair of uh, you know that's you can buy for a hundred bucks you can buy a whole fucking kit up. Yeah. So, I mean, there's ways to save money and I mean. I don't know. I I don't have no shame. I'm where if it's used and it still works, I don't see the problem. I do like the latest and greatest, but I'm not gonna buy the brand new. I would say every every now and then I buy. I would say at least once a year I buy something that's brand new. Like two years ago, I got the bow. This year, I bought a whole out like outer layer hunting suit. You know. Um but I don't know. Next year, I don't know if I'll buy anything brand new. I mean, not arrows and stuff like that. But I don't. I won't need a new hunt suit. I won't need a new bow. I won't need a new tree stand. Because that's the thing. You bought really nice. Now, you know, that mobile one, that was a, your XOP was a little bit of, you know, a little bit more than a regular tree stand. But now you have that. Yeah. You're good for, I mean, potentially. I would tell you, yeah, I mean, my experience with the XOP alone was if you've got the money. So, like, my XOP is not the most expensive or, like, uh, portable hunting unit you can buy. I mean, Lone Wolf is probably twice as much as that. Um, Saddles now, the popular saddles are, are... Everything coming in, I mean, you're going to probably... You're going to still spend more than what I did on that XOP... And uh, that was probably one of the best purchases I've ever had. It, it allows me to do so much more. If you're a public land hunter, I would I would recommend getting that every time. I mean, it's there's got some downfalls to it, but the the if you're hunting public land, you don't have to worry about it getting stolen because you're taking it in and out with you. Um, you can put it in just about any tree you want. Um, so, you know, the climbers, that's kind of a downfall of climbers. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's easy to carry in and out with all your gear, your backpack and everything like that. So I don't know. I really, I was really happy with, with that, even though I spent a good amount of money. I mean, it wasn't cheap, but you know, if you're hunting public land and you're buying tree stands, there's always a chance that someone steals it, you know, or, you know, you're stuck in kind of one spot. You're not going to want to be moving your heavy ladder or heavy platform stand around all over the place. Right. So, I mean, this is kind of a tip, I guess. Or um, if you do have a stand and you are going to leave it up and overnight and then you're going to come out there, pull just pull the first two sticks. So if you pull the first two sticks, that is somewhat of a deterrent somebody can't go all the way up there and at least pull your stand down I mean, you'd have to really <laughs> i mean two sticks with that is all of, of 10 feet to, right you know i'm yeah so like if somebody was i mean like i said if they're gonna really it doesn't matter if you put a bike lock or whatever on there yeah. if they really want it, they're gonna get it but yeah. i'm just saying if it's somebody just walking through the woods that's just a ground hunter and they're just 
or even not have them sit in your stand. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just pull them first two sticks, and then you just take them two sticks out in the morning or the afternoon the next day, and then you just do that. Yeah, that's actually a great idea. I've seen a lot of people do that. I, And it's amazing. I mean, people have a lot of faith in other people. I know I, I don't have that much faith in other people because I, I walked out. You walk out on Rose Lake right now, and I could easily walk out with 10 tree stands in – in an hour. I mean, they're they're just piled up on each other. Yeah, and they're not locked onto a tree. They're just sitting there. There's some nice ones, too. I've seen uh, one of them, the, the Millennial, the one with the Lifeline bars on there. Yeah. I've seen the numb ones up there. probably be people pissed, like, oh, now someone's going to go out to Rose Lake and steal all the tree oh, stands. Like, that Rose Lake is some secret around here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, if you're, if you're going to play the... The game of leaving your tree stand up in the middle of February on public land, then yeah, you had you had your thirty days. Yeah, poem. I don't uh, I don't condone stealing other people's stuff, but if you're gonna be mad at us for talking about how you left your stuff up there, I guess three that's people on you. that listen. Yeah, <laughs> hi mom. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, well, that's another episode. Uh, we yeah, some people. We got a taxidermy guy coming in here. I'm working on a food plot guy coming in here because that's going to be right around the corner. Yeah. Try to get some turkey hitters. I mean, we... It's a little slow right now, but I know we're going to try and... Turkey season is going to pick up quick. I know Joe and I have talked about we're going to... I'm going to take the bow. I'm going to stick to the bow this year. I don't know. That might... Are, are that, you going to do uh, the, the guillotine... Um, Broadhead, you know what I'm talking about, the one yeah. thing is like six inches. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do that because that requires you to only shoot at their head, and I'll be honest. And you got to turn your bow down because I think 60 pounds is too much. It'll break the blades. Yeah, see, that's just too much. I'll just stick to my – I'm going to – if I'm hunting turkeys, I'm going to use a fixed blade. I um, killed mine with Swagger. Yeah, it's just – I don't know. It this Boop. The the fixed blade for me, I think, is a little bit more forgiving on a turkey. Yeah. So – Oh, bye. That's my goal is to shoot one with a – and I'll be honest, I'm still up in the air. Like, I guess it depends on when the season is, but do I take a Jake with a bow? Because I've never killed one with a bow. I don't know. I'll, first, beginning of the season, I'll tell you, my I'm not shooting a Jake, but we'll see if it gets yeah. to be a little later in, in the Thank season. God Michigan – oops, sir. Uh, Michigan brought in that all season. Oh, I'm so happy they did that because I remember I used to always take that month-long season – and it was nice, but like, for whatever reason, that like, first two weeks of the season is, in my opinion, the most vocal turkeys are, as far as like they're not vocal but responsive to calls. Um, they are most certainly harder to hunt in the month of May than they are in April. Um, they're not as hend up in April as they they I will. Very few times have I got on a turkey, and. He wasn't hend up in May. In fact, my best success, if you're hunting in the month of May, this is the best tip I have for turkeys. Turkeys, in my opinion, aren't really that difficult to hunt, but they are very difficult to hunt if they're with hens. So if you know where these turkeys are roosting and every single day, turkeys are pretty religious. They're going to do the same thing every day. And they keep coming out onto your field and they're already hend up, which they're going to be in the month of May. If you have permission to get on where they roost, go in and bust those turkeys off the roost. And the reason being is 
the first thing they're going to all want to do in the morning is they're going to want to get together with their group. So they'll respond to calls and they'll they'll literally come right to you. If you're in the field where they're used to being, I, I'll tell you, I, I would be shocked if you didn't. Every time I've ever, I've never went in and busted them, but I've noticed on multiple occasions something happened with where they roosted because turkeys will roost in like the same spot every night. And any time during May when I've had turkeys run in on me looking for a hen is when they roosted in a different spot. So the hens all came out where they normally did, and that turkey came out, but he wasn't with them, and he's looking to get back with his hens. So if you can get in and, and bust them off a roost, people probably are going to think I'm crazy, but all they're going to do is go to a different tree. They're not going to run around in dark trying to find <laughs> trying to find the hens they're going to just roost in that tree where it's safe and then as soon as it gets light in the morning they're going to come down and they're going to hear you you know chirping up a little bit and they're going to come with, with a decoy i've done it with a decoy and without a decoy yeah. in the month of may i'm actually less likely to use a decoy because toms are very so toms want the hen to come to them mm-hmm. so if you have a decoy that's sitting there they're less likely, they're more likely to hen up, or or not hen up, uh, hold up. So they'll sit out at like 60 yards and just gobble and gobble and gobble because they want that hen to walk out to them. But um, early season I'll use decoys because they're a lot more aggressive, you know, a Jake decoy with a hen decoy, something like that. But I don't know, I have a lot of different strategies I've learned for turkey season. We'll probably have to do a turkey, we'll do a whole turkey season episode and we'll go over it all. What was that one they called earlier? The Gobbler Gathering. What the fuck is that? What is it called? Oh, I know. It was like a contest, wasn't it? Oh, no. It was a show a in Tennessee. Show, yeah. Yeah, like the Gobbler Gathering or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Know. We'll call it that or something. <laughs> Get sued for trade. <laughs> Trademark. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mushroom. I don't know if a lot of people mushroom hunt. I wonder if that's just a Michigan thing. It's not. I mean, it depends on what you're hunting for, I guess, what kind of mushrooms. But morels, um, anywhere morels grow seems to be a very popular. I follow a page on Facebook, and it goes all the way down into, like, Ohio, Indiana, stuff like that. So you can actually track, like, you can actually track when the mushrooms start popping in different states. And uh, it's, it's pretty popular throughout the midwest region i just man i don't know it like my wife's grandpa always told me when we go up there he said it's best to have kids with you because they're so low to the ground they can see them because i remember when i was a kid we used to find the iron you know the iron sacks you're supposed to use iron sacks because they said the drops the swords back in yeah. the ground i don't know if that's old wise tale but like that sack right there yeah so you're supposed to use them to drop the spores and spread them or whatever old wise tale or whatever i think but um I remember filling up picnic tables as a kid. Now I'm an adult. I find 20. I'm like, holy man, we killed it. Yeah, I suck at mushroom hunting. Like, I I don't know. They're, it's a lot like shed hunting. They're like, oh, you got to look for a dead elm or, you know, this or that. And I find them here or there. In fact, the best I've ever found was, like, where people cut wood. Mm. So, like, uh, uh, I used to hunt a property, and the guy would come in there and cut wood. And every time, like, right around where he cut those trees down, there would be a bunch of mushrooms. 
every year. The one year he didn't cut like any, there was like hardly any mushrooms at all. Um, I was always told, and like this is the best time. It's always like Mother Day weekend. That's like the best time, and then it's always south facing slopes are like the best for um me, and then when the ferns are just just about to do that curl mm-hmm. right when the curl is about to to pop up to straight that's when the best i know stuff. some people will take uh temperature probes and they'll go out and they'll stick them in the ground and and see how warm the ground is because obviously like morels are very finicky and they only grow in a certain like uh temperature range yeah and they're like the hardest producing yeah you, they that's why they're so expensive is because like we can't mimic them like right whatever the pot bellows or whatever pot bellows portobellos portobellos there you go yeah. whatever um so like i know some people like and they'll like, as soon as they hits a certain temperature they'll just go crazy start running around looking for them then there's uh what's the imitation morale i'm think i can't think i don't of know what the name of it is but yeah you can tell because the stem goes all the way up through the head as opposed to if you cut a morale in half it'll be hollow all the way up right yeah, you got to watch out for them. And they're mo- they're slimy. They're a lot slimier. I haven't ran into one yet, yeah, so I'm not sure. Yeah, the, yeah, it's all one. The mushrooms one. There's not a stem. Right. So no, that's kind of where. Right now we're in a little bit of a lull. I've mean, not been doing some ice fishing. Well, I've been trying to do some ice. He fishing. He tried to convince me to go to the. Yeah, the, Joe said yeah, but it wasn't very convincing. Yeah, so I didn't. Uh, we didn't end up going. No. We ended up actually sitting on the couch watching White Tail Adrenaline DVDs for the last couple hours, which is interesting. Yeah, there's yeah. some. I would love to do some com. I know we get copyrighted on that. You can't do that. You can't. I mean, maybe I don't know. What would we get copyrighted on? Showing other people stuff, but basically doing reaction. I don't know. Have you ever seen like a reaction video for yeah, deer I don't know what you're talking about? I'm pretty sure. I don't want to steal somebody's thing, but now now I'm giving if away. If we my- if we did that, um, at first I don't think we would get in any I, trouble. I think obviously if, you would have to yeah say like in the court edits be like video one was whatever. You know, white tail bucks, I would bet America you, or whatever. I would bet you money that if, if it got to be a point where we were somewhat big, there would be an issue. I don't think so. I think as long as you give them everybody credit, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Because that's a, I mean, everybody's done that. Just sit around looking at that and go, would you shoot that one? Nah. Or shoot, 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 shoot. Or, ah, oh, man, there's some good boon. I don't know. What else is there to do? Well, the weather sucks. Yeah, we the weather's from, what forty-five and rainy to windy and snowy and cold in the last I the, like seventy-two hours. I was hoping that was like the last winter snap. You know what I mean? I knew a couple more freezing nights, but nothing like that. I mean, I still want to go ice fishing. I've been taking Remy out a bunch. So once the ice all melts, I mean, because I can rabbit hunt until the thirtieth or thirty-first of March or something like that. So I probably just take him out and chase rabbits. That's a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know. Was today your first time ever hunting with a dog? For small game, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What was your opinion on it? It's kind of neat. It's it. I'll tell you if it when it's not windy, it's a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I liked it. There was, I don't know, since it was my first time, it's like, 
like I don't know what to do with my hands situation like do I don't want to walk out in front of the dog or do I do I just walk and then we just kind of circle uh I mean well today was different I guess because there was a lot of tracks and I don't know I mean it's my dog so I can kind of tell but I could visibly tell he wasn't on the same rabbit the whole time but there was also times where I believe he kicked a rabbit out and we just didn't see it um just based on how he acted like he was just a noticeably different right. like reaction um but when you get like when you get into that situation again you're pretty much with a rabbit it's uh it's not that difficult like you just kind of stand there more than more often than not kind of get up to where he kicked it out and then generally he should kick it he should kick it back to us um on a windy day like the day it's it's hard on the dog to try and track because it's blowing even though he's going off of ground scent it's just it's just blowing it all over so he i think thought he was on the same rabbit but was kind of all over the place but um he's still young so he's still learning but well we'll go out another time and you'll see like once he gets on one you never really have to worry about getting in front of the dog. Like he's generally, even if you do get in front of him, he he'll just run around you. Um, the rabbit has very rarely is it anywhere near him, so you don't ever you don't ever have to really worry about shooting the dog, unless you're just not paying attention. Right. Um, you know, and generally, it's I think I found it to be a little easier to shoot the rabbits because they're so far in front of him they're generally not running at full speed. Like they'll just be like kind of just barely hopping along. If not stopping. I mean, I've, I've had them this year just completely stop right in front of me. I'm trying to adjust the situation what's going on. Yeah. Cause yeah. they think that they're being, they don't realize that you're just standing there. Um, but it's, you still walk around and kick piles. I mean, <clears throat> being a dog, um, he definitely doesn't hit everything, and there have been plenty of times where I've kicked rabbits out that he didn't. Um, it's not that he refused. I mean, you'll see if he get if we get into some piles, like he'll dive into them. Um, it's just his nose is taking him somewhere else because he could be on something else. If the rabbit didn't enter from the direction he's headed, he's probably not going to go in there, you know, because he's going to be spelling a bunch of different other things. But as he gets older, I think he'll get a little bit more used to it. If you get him into some real good areas, he just, he'll hit it just about every brush pile in there, you know. Um, but once you get him, once you see him on a rabbit and he's running it, uh, it's fun. Uh, it can be frustrating. Uh, for example, I took him out on Tuesday. And I knew from the start it was going to be rough because when I pulled into the driveway, there was a deer back in where I was going to take him. So I took him to another spot first. Well, we got into that area and there was fresh deer tracks and he started doing dumb beagle shit and started, he went in where I knew there was rabbits. So I didn't stop him at first and he started barking. So I thought, oh, maybe he kicked a rabbit out. Well, then he kept going in like a straight line. So you notice today he kind of was like back and forth. If he's on a deer, he's just going to keep going away and away and away. And then I realized he was out in the field. So at that point I knew he was on a deer. So I just ran up there, toned him, which my dog still, like if he's on something, that tone doesn't do anything for him. And then I flipped the <laughs> collar to three and zapped him. And he kind of kept going again, and I zapped him one more time, and he stopped and turned, and he'd come right back. 
So, but more often than not, like today, I think I zapped him twice because we were trying to move and he just wasn't. He was on rabbits, which uh, people who hunt rabbits are probably thinking you don't do that, which I shouldn't have. But he wasn't chasing, uh, I think, he wasn't on a live rabbit. I think the rabbits he was on were out this morning and were pretty much either holed up or just i don't know he i didn't i didn't expect him to kick one out and i knew that we were leaving and he was not gonna listen to the tone so i got him off of it yeah and, and it's hard they can't hear you right when he because he's just barking and barking, he's barking, and, barking. And, the, and the wind and all that and yeah well i think we're gonna cut this one short a little bit because we got things to do and well, it's not really informational no we just podcast we just wanted to do something in the meantime yeah so yeah but if anyone listened i mean if you got any feedback on the uh big buck showcase let us know like if you think we should do like uh popular big bucks that have been killed or if we should try to find some locals that just want to talk about a big buck they killed uh you know we're not here to try and give out other people's spot or anything like that but you know i think just like everyone else we love seeing big bucks and we love talking about big bucks yeah all right well nice talking to you yeah we'll see you next time